Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... The Children's Book Podcast is sponsored by Libro FM Audiobooks. You hear me plug Libro FM Audiobooks all the time, and it's because I use them all the time. Because when I use Libro FM, I know that I'm also helping local indie bookstores with my purchases. You can pick from more than 125,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers around the country. With Libro FM, you get those same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. But as I said, you're part of a much different story, one that supports community. And listeners of the Children's Book Podcast can get two audiobooks for the price of one or pay $14.99 upfront for two audiobook credits when you start a monthly membership. Just go to Libro.fm, that's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M, and enter WINNER. With each listen, take pride in knowing that you're supporting local bookstores. Jenny Zhu, hi! Welcome! Welcome to hi, our podcast group! Everyone say hi to Jenny Zhu! Hey there! Oh, <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're not using your voice? You can use your voice. You're welcome to. People are the same everywhere. That part where we're the same is where we connect. This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 609. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. Today I'm joined by Jenny Zhu Kostecki Shaw, as well as a team of summer camp co hosts. It's a new batch of rising fifth grade podcast students that co-hosted on today's interview. Papa Brings Me the World is Jenny Sue's fourth picture book, and through it, she shares part of her own relationship to her dad. There's a part in all of us that longs for opportunities granted with age, but for now held just out of reach. In this story, Lulu's dad is a photojournalist. His work takes him all over the world, but he always sends bits of his experiences home to his daughter in the form of these gifts. Lulu longs to travel with her papa, but for now these treasures must suffice. But what Lulu holds most closely in her heart are the stories in which her papa envelops these items. Please welcome our guest, Jenny Sue Kostecki Shaw, author and illustrator of Papa Brings Me the World. My name is Jenny Sue Kostecki Shaw, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. And I live in the mountains in northern New Mexico on a little homestead, and I write and illustrate books for children. Uh, I so Some of the books you may know are same, same, but different. And 
Luna and Me, the true story of a girl who lived in a tree to save a forest. And um, my newest book is Papa Brings Me the World. And then I also, something fun is uh, I raise goats and chickens and I homeschool my kids. But the funny thing is, is I, I homeschooled them for five or six years. And the thing about homeschooling is it's not really at home. I mean, it's life schooling and we travel a lot and we camp and um, go all over for homeschooling. So um, that is a little bit about me. <laughs> is that going to be like your next picture book? Homeschooling is life schooling. <laughs> I love that. Welcome, by the way. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me. I, um, we, we have so much to talk about with Papa Brings Me the World. It was a book that I think we all, and when I say we, I mean that today I'm joined by some fifth grade podcasters as well. We're all, I think, really excited to talk to you about. First, podcasters, do you want to say hi to the people that are listening? Unmute and just say hi. 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 <laughs> I'm so glad to have them with us today. Uh, for folks listening, just so you are aware, uh, I'll be using my students' first initials of their names. That way their identity is protected. But we have the very special privilege, Jenny Sue, of talking to you over Zoom. I never, ever get to see my guests. And this is something really special. So it's like we have our own special little virtual author visit or something. So, so yay for that. Um, I want to jump in by talking about Papa Brings Me the World and and a little bit about what this book is and where it came from for you. And I think that we all have so many different connections with this book. So maybe first, can I ask you to give a book talk of the book so that, again, for those that haven't read it yet, they can know a little bit about what the story is. Sure. Uh, Papa Brings Me the World is about a child and her father who his his work, his job takes him around the world. And so he's not home very much. And so she not only longs for her papa, for time with him for her, and for him to be home, but he misses her and they have to find a way to connect and to um, share their time away from each other with each other. and. I feel like it's very much about uh, a story about connection um, and finding ways to connect with each other that are meaningful. I would love to hear one of my students share your reaction to this book. This is a book that I've lived with for a little while. Jenny, so you shared it with me early on mm -hmm. and, and I've really had a neat opportunity engaging with it as I've revisited it. But do any of you want to share your reactions, your first thoughts about the book? I see you thinking. P, why don't you go ahead? Um, I really like how, like, you know, they really know from each other. They, like, connected in different ways the book and how she likes the stories more than like the little treasure she got back from each place um her dad visited yeah that was a neat connection the, the mention of loving the stories even more than the treasures that dad brought back i'm glad you brought that up he 
thank you for sharing p <laughs> um that i love that too that you noticed that because there's there's so many uh gifts right you could that it, that he brought brings back to her but really it's like the the pieces that the stories are what he shares his moments with her and then she feels like she's with him or she it, everything lights up for her in that way yeah wonderful does anyone else want to share a reaction l did you want to share um i really like the end where uh they where um he went on a trip um with her to australia yeah thank you l <laughs> Um, I, I love that too. I like that she she was able to actually go with him when she wanted to for so long and she had to be patient for so many years we don't really even know but um, it was really special that she was actually able to go with him and be a part of what he what he does and see what he does firsthand. Jenny Sue, one of my favorite parts of this book was one that one of my students pointed out yesterday as we were reading it. And that is that you've got this refrain that we keep coming back to, um, which is Papa leaves, Papa re uh, sends a treasure, Papa comes back, but always when Papa has to go again, Lou is sad. It doesn't get easier for dad to go away. It doesn't get easier for Lou, despite knowing that this is dad's job, this is Papa's job. Um, and Papa is thinking about me, to balance that, that emotion of, I know I'm loved and cared about, but also I really just want him to be here, was something that I thought was powerful for you to structure the story, to give us that moment several times throughout the book. I'm glad that, I'm glad that worked. Um, I, I think you probably saw the back of the book, so you know that it came from um, inspiration from my own dad traveling. And so that's where that comes from. I mean, it was uh, it was a repetitive thing that he would leave and I would be sad when he left and I would miss him when he was gone. And when he came home, we would reunite and find a way to connect again and and connect over wh where he's been and what he's been doing and what I've been doing. So. Well, we've, we've talked about what the book is, and we've talked about a connection to your own personal story with your father. I wonder where we can lead next with our questions. Students, I'd love to give you a chance to start asking your questions. You can scroll back to our chat and choose a question, or you can ask one that's coming to your mind first. Why don't we start with you, I.L.? Would you love to share the first question? How many places did you travel to? How many places did I travel to? Thanks for that question. Um, well, when my dad finally it was able to take me with him, it was uh, he did take me to Australia, which was why I chose that in the book. Um, and it was amazing, and it really just started my love for travel in it. And when I was with him in Australia, I actually went to visit a friend uh, that I had met in the States who lived in Australia. So I 
went a little bit on my own because I was in high school. And then after when, when I went to art school, then I started traveling on my own and I went to Thailand and uh, Nepal and India and uh, China and Japan. And then since Mexico. Wow. And so many more places. You traveled the world. Go ahead. (laughs) I.L. I'm sorry to cut you off. What was your favorite place you traveled to? Oh, that's so hard because every place you just fall in love with and every place is you step into, I feel like it's new and it's a little bit uh, exciting at first. And and it's also a little bit, you get a little bit nervous because right, it's, it's new and you're in other places I've been to, I've looked very different from everyone else that's been there. And then very soon I feel like I just fall into place and I just fall in love with the people that I meet and the people I'm around and all the new experiences I have. So I just, I I love it. I love them all. Actually, I have been back to several of the places um, and found family and a lot of uh, people I've met. So I feel like I have homes in different parts of the world and that's such a gift for me. Well, it certainly felt like in writing this book that that the father character was falling in love with these places that he was photographing and that through that love, Lou also was falling in love. Those treasures seemed really, really unique, really thoughtful and not just a, a typical souvenir, but one that was really picked out special. So that, that was neat to see. Um, P, what question did you want to ask? Um, we noticed that um, you same, same but different in that book, and I know you wrote a book called Same, Same but Different. So, what made you repeat that phrase and half of the world? Yeah, if I if I back up on that question, P, the quote from the book reads. When Papa returns, he teaches me a game the children in Sumatra taught him. It's called Semut Rag Gaja, ant, person, elephant. It's like rock, paper, scissors, Papa says. Same, same, but different. Best out of three? If I win, will you take me on our next adventure? Papa smiles someday, Lou. So we, we saw you bring back the name of, or a phrase you've used in a book before. As P asked, what made you want to use that phrase? Or perhaps is that a phrase that has just been with you for a long time? It has been with me for a long time. Um, when I first, well, when my, I remember when my dad would travel and I remember asking him about people, mostly about people he met and because he made so many friends. And I remember when I was little and he would tell me that people are the same everywhere very much they're different everywhere and that's what the joy of meeting and sharing and that's what makes the world so rich but the part that they're the same is where you really you connect and you notice that you have so many things that feel so many of the same feelings and the ones and especially for your family and in life and so when i went to thailand for the first time i discovered that saying that people say over there they say same same but different you know when we when we're relating and we see each other doing something and it's just a little bit different but it's the same 
we're doing the same thing. And so I wrote that name, that phrase down when I was in Nepal and I was living, I was actually at a school and volunteering. Uh, I stayed at a school for five months and lived with kids. And um, I wrote that saying down and, and I knew I wanted to use it. So when, when I was reading this book and I was thinking about the game, I just started giggling. <laughs> you have to amuse yourself when you're an author, right? And so I was like, oh, this is perfect. It's same, same, but different. <laughs> so so great. It, was, it was perfect. It felt like in that moment to sneak it in there. <laughs> I'm going to go My to whole... L first. But oh, I was just going to say, IF has a connection to this. Yeah, go ahead. My whole school did um, a project on on um, same, same, but different. We all, the whole school had to read the book and we had to write like um, this like poster and we had to, each person had to like write something unique about themselves and something that's the same about other people about the book. Do you remember what you did for the project specifically? Mm-mm. You can't remember back to that, but you can remember the project no. itself and the whole school participating like a one book mm-hmm. one school isn't that neat Jenny yeah. wow that's so cool. neat to hear I, I never I, I often don't hear about these things it's so fun thanks for sharing they become these special imprints in our lives and then suddenly this connection comes up when I mentioned to these students when we started this week and I was like yeah one of the people we're going to interview is Jenny Sue Kostecki Shaw she wrote this book but you might know her from these other books and their <laughs> IF was just like I know that book. I know that book. We did a project on that book. And that was a, a neat connection to have. All right, Elle, you've waited so patiently. Do you want to ask your question? Uh, what was your favorite place that you visited? Uh, you know, not, actually, not that. Um, what was your favorite thing in Australia? Hmm, well, I, gosh, there are so many things. But um, when I went, uh, when I was with my dad and, and we went down to uh, the, to the, these mountain, this mountain range, there was, uh, we went hiking up into um, this eucalyptus forest and it struck me so um, immediate because we got out of the car or the windows were down. It felt like I had about 10 cough drops in my mouth <laughs> and it was in my, it was in my nose and my, in my whole throat. And it, um, it was so extraordinary. And then we went to, um, uh, this, uh, field and there was all these pink galas there that in, you'll see Lou in her sketchbook. She had those pink galas that she said looked Royal. Well, there was maybe 300 of these giant cockatoo like birds there in the field. And it was, it was so magical. And then I saw a wombat about 10 feet <laughs> in front of me. Actually, it was about five feet in front of me. And I caught the wombat off guard. And we both did. We didn't know each other were there in this little area, this bushy area. And and uh, the the poor wombat was shaking like it was scared. <laughs> it was it was shaking, and I was oh I'm so sorry I didn't mean to you know intrude in your space <laughs> and 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 uh, it was just it was really a magical moment. So that's I so cool. Put all was, of those little pieces into the book. Connecting into that, Jenny Sue, was that, and that was so neat the way that that Papa gives Lou a journal and then they go together and she gets to fill this journal um, with her own memories. That trip to Australia with your dad, you were much older than Lou when you went. Mm -hmm. Did you have other opportunities to travel with him? Or maybe in contrast, if you had opportunities to travel 
with your own children? Um, I, I didn't travel so much with my dad um, besides that one big trip. Uh, and, uh, but since then, since my uh, children were born, we had wanted to take them to Nepal and India, and we still will take them to Nepal someday um, when the timing's right. But we, a couple of years ago, we went backpacking in Mexico, and for five weeks, we just took um, buses and our backpacks, and we went to different ruins and went to the jungle and to the mountains, and it it was amazing. And they're just such amazing travelers. And we met so many friends and that we, some that we still can keep in contact with. And, and it, I just saw their eyes light up just like, just like mine do when I travel. So. That's really neat to make yeah. those connections and to keep them, to, to mm-hmm. treasure them that way. I F go ahead with your question. Um, do you have any siblings? I do. I have a younger brother and I have uh, an older sister and two older brothers. So there was five of us that my mom took care of (laughs) while my dad traveled a lot. Wow. Hello, beautiful book nerds. As the Children's Book Podcast grows and reaches new ears and new readers, I continue to explore what ways we can engage in literature together. That's where the idea of book club began. I send you a book featured on the podcast. The book ships from the Brain Lair Bookstore, one of my absolute favorite indie bookstores. And I create a special book guide and mini episode to accompany your read of the story. It's a special way for us all to connect over books. And I'm so glad to see folks connecting with all we've done through book club so far. The feature book we picked for August is Your Name is a Song by Jamila Tompkins Bigelow and illustrated by Luisa Uribe. This book is amazing and so, so needed in our libraries and homes. It's a story about name pronunciation and identity and how the way we see and respect one another starts with your name. Visit MatthewCWinner.com and click on Patreon at the top of the page, or use the link in the show notes to access Patreon to learn more. How about E? Do you want to do the next one? Um, yeah. How much um the book is true and like based on like your experience? I have the same question too, because there are, P, we talked about the treasures and whether or not any of the treasures were actually things that you had from your dad or the places <laughs> that, um, that Lou was, was collecting items from. I, um, I love the spread where you write, Papa fills his journals with everything he sees. I imagine me in his pages. And you've got these beautiful, beautiful paintings of, of Russia and of um, being um, in the Galapagos with these penguins, and all these different places, and Lou drawn in, in like blue ink pen over top of it. And I also wondered how much of these things were real? Like where does your life end and, and Lou's life begin or overlap? Thank you. Um, it, it is, it's very um mixed together and that's the beautiful part about being 
a writer and making books is that you can take inspiration from your life and and you weave it with all of your your other experiences in your life and my friends experiences right so some of these uh um, were true. Like I had a coin collection when I was little from all the countries. I think my dad went to, I can't remember if it was 29 or 30 something countries he had been to. Uh, so I had a coin collection and, but my dad wasn't an artist. <laughs> so that was something I made from, um, inspired just from my travels because I take a sketchbook with me wherever I go. And my kids love to look at my sketchbooks, especially my older ones when I traveled before they were born. And so I've mixed in um, different pieces from my young, from my childhood and my throughout my whole life, as well as uh, the treasures. There's so many treasures in there that are that my dad did give me and that that I've given my kids or they've given me or fr friends have given them or even um, I have uh, neat, just really good friends of ours that uh, some of the characters are a blend of our really good friends and us <laughs> and my family. So it's interesting to see in the end how, oh, wow, look at that aspect of that friend or that character came into to Lou or into the Papa and it's not really one person it's just these new characters that have come from all these beautiful people that I know as well as my own memories that's really neat and I wonder are the coins with the holes in the middle your favorite oh, so my <laughs> <It's> favorite so <laughs> cool. I, I, I similarly had uh, I don't even know why or where the different coins came from. Maybe I inherited somebody else's coin collection. I don't, none of my family members are, are, are world travelers in that way. But to see coins that look a little different from ours, I loved, I don't even remember where the coin is from, but I remember having a coin as a child that was like copper on the inside, but was silver on the outside. It was like a coin within a coin. And that just blew my mind that coins could look different than what I, am used to right, and some have thing. some have flowers on them or birds of different you know places right. and, and some bill I remember some bills that my dad would bring home and they would say like 300,000 something I don't remember for, and it was only worth 50 cents you know unfortunately because of the way the money had currency had gone in that particular country but I just remember being wow this must be worth a million dollars and it wasn't worth you know hardly anything but it was fascinating to see and um, to see those things up against leaves and arrowheads and eggs and feathers and and really to push against what it means for something to be a treasure and something to be of value and and something that you keep to remember and experience because it's special to you, but somebody else might find it and it might not be special to them, but that's, doesn't matter. It's, it, it's, it's what it means to you that matters. I thought that was neat. I wanted to ask you, Jenny Sue, about making the art for this book because I, 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 I can see how you've used collage to, to layer some of this art. And I think that the colors you bring into this so many earth tones, but also so much, so much that just 
is is beautiful quite frankly to look at they tell a really beautiful color story throughout um so i I wonder what making the art was like for you well first of all thank you so much matthew because uh that just means a lot to me. Thank you. Uh, that oh you my goodness, we could, sit, <laughs> we, could, we could sit and go back to when I was reading this yesterday with my students and we had moments of pausing where I was like, did you see the three sisters rock formation? And these different oh. moments where things are just, your compositions are beautiful. And I love that there are these moments where some of the pieces are so small hmm. on the page against others that, that fill the entire spread. It really... I think those compositions speak to value and how important small things can mean can mean big feelings for folks or big experiences. So I'd love to know more about that. Thank you. Um, well, I feel like when when I actually get to the point of making the art, that's the best part of the whole book for me because it's just everything's come together and it's there, but yet it's still a mystery. Like I sit down and I still don't really know what the book's going to look like until the first painting really shows itself. And sometimes even that's a mystery while I'm doing it. And when it's finished, I am then I'm on this um, new adventure and I'm just following it and responding to it. And, um, and a lot of the papers that I used to collage in the book, I, I sat for maybe a few weeks before I started. I just painted papers and I was thinking about the story and thinking about what they would do and just painted using colors that I felt right for the book. And so uh, I didn't really think about making images at first as much as just making collage papers. And then when I started painting, I often listened to Matthew's podcast (laughs) or (laughs) some really great music and just fell into a little zone and and just created. And then my daughter, who is also in fifth grade, um, she and my son, who's five, uh, he would, they would come in and they would say, they would notice things, you know, and like my son was said, oh, there should be some birds flying around the three sisters. (laughs) And so I immediately, oh yeah, that's great. I'll do that next. And so I started painting those in and it was really beautiful to, um, and fun to in- interact with them too around these images coming to life. So beautiful. Yeah, it's very, it feels the artwork part feels very uh, intuitive and, um, like I said, a fun mystery. And then you save it to last. Watch. Everything has to be just right before you go into that. But that you started in this book, at least, by just playing with patterns and colors and how things lay. Um, it makes me think of that that wonderful wordless spread that you have that just does look patterned and beautiful, almost like a beautiful quilt, like something somebody made. Um, and we could really argue that somebody did make it. There's, there's a creation there that we get to walk through, um, that we made this moment. We're walking in it together. Um, so I'm grateful for the story that that Papa brought Lou and that Papa lived with Lou. And I'm also grateful, Jenny Sue, for your story and for the story you lived with your father and and your family. We're coming into our home stretch. We're about to ask our final questions. So Jenny Sue, I'm gonna turn back to my students and and give them all a chance to ask one more thing that that maybe they didn't, uh, that is still on their minds or that they haven't had a chance to share yet. 
All right, folks, raise a hand if you want to be the first one to do yours. Elle, I see you first. Go ahead. Um, was it actually true that um, you put um, your tooth in that egg thing and then you got chick? Yes! I'm so glad you asked the question about the chicks. The tooth fairy bringing the chicks. <laughs> That's a great question, Elle, because there's some things like that that kids always ask me right um did you notice in the very beginning of the book i did a little special nod to someone <laughs> um and it was to um bubba i i don't know if i always say his name right but bubba wagwe wagwe uh he is an author and he's written a beautiful memoir and he's also written some children's books and he illustrated a book that his daughter wrote called I Lost My Tooth in Africa about their journey back to his village and his family and she, he told her about this and she had a loose tooth on the way and she lost her tooth and had this experience and so we my kids grew up with this book and I love this book so much that I, I wanted to include that as one of the treasures. But I read I, that book. Oh, it's just a great book and a really neat thing to learn, right? You, it's not something you can Google on the internet about d different tooth fairies. That was a very special, um, ex their experience. And, and so I added that, but I mentioned that book. <laughs> I love that it was influenced by a, by a book, by another right, book, by someone else's right? story. That's neat. That's really neat to hear that, that even that comes into to stories when you're making them. Mm -hmm. I, L, you had your hand up as well. Go ahead. How, how did you come up with ideas to write your books? Thank you for that question. How, how do you come up with ideas? Most of my ideas are from little bits of my life, like little experiences I'll have. And, and sometimes I do think like same, same, but different. Um, I thought of that title and then I was at the school and my, all my little friends there, we, we had an ex, a pen pal exchange with my friends in the States and we drew pictures and wrote back and forth. So a lot of them are, of my ideas are from real experiences that I have. And sometimes they're just from, sometimes they shout out like that. And sometimes they're little whispers that I'll come back to and, and think, huh, there's something there. And just, I give it a lot more thought. How Thank cool. you for that question. Yeah. How cool that stories start as seeds for you that way. Just little snips that you have to then live life to figure out what is the story here. <laughs> I'm glad you asked that question, Il. That was Me one too. I wanted to know too. Okay, P, do you want to share your final question? Um, so like how long does it take you to like plan or like think and brainstorm before you start writing a book? Or do you kind of just like put words on paper when you like think of something new? That is a really great question. Um, it really, it varies, but do you know that um, I get really scared sometimes <laughs> when I have this idea and it's in my head and I'm thinking about it, it's, you know, it's really safe when it's in your head and it can be really brilliant <laughs> and it's a scary moment to put it down because it's never, for me, it's never quite as, brilliant is when I, when I put it down, it's not the same. It takes a long time to really then bring it to life. Um, and I, I didn't, I had a really hard time reading when I was young and 
and writing too didn't come as naturally. So I don't know if some of that seem in tentativeness or a little bit of scared, being feeling scared about writing, uh, scared of just failing uh, is still in me from when I was younger, but it's just this leap and you have to go through it. And so sometimes it takes a while, but I found that the, um, the sooner I just get that first, those first words down and just try to make it, uh, write it as a story, it only gets better, right? <laughs> so um, that's just the first step. And, and it takes, for me, it takes kind of being a little bit brave because it's, it's, it can be scary, <laughs> but thank you. So it takes a while. So sometimes it can take a whole year from the time I first write it down or sometimes it can come, sometimes it happens a lot uh, quicker, but it doesn't really start until I get the first uh, story, the, the story on paper. It just, otherwise it just floats up here forever. <laughs> and then sometimes floats away, right? Or somebody else will write that book. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. IF, I know you've been waiting patiently to ask your question. Go ahead. Um, this isn't related to the book, but how many animals do you have? <laughs> That's right. Did we even say that on recording? That you, or maybe you did, that you have these goats. and, and uh, Please tell us. <laughs> I'm surprised we didn't hear any of them. Oh, I know why well, I shut the window because it's really loud. The ducks actually are extremely loud. Um, ducks take up a lot of space in the world. Like we have five ducks and um, these three chocolate sisters, they're chocolate runner ducks. And they, you would think you'd have five more people living with you because they are so loud and, and um, just their characters are so big. Um, so we have five ducks and, I don't know about 27 hens and we have, well, we had five goats and then our Martha had three babies the other day. So now we have eight and then Goldie's going to have a baby maybe today or a couple of babies today or tomorrow. So, <laughs> um, and then we have a kitty and a dog and fish and a big garden. <laughs> so that's, that's wonderful. All these so animals. I, <laughs> Right, so that's what I have. Eyes got so big too. That was great. <laughs> right, so then you start to call you by the pets' names a lot, and um, <laughs> it's it's very. And then you introduce three new baby goats' names, and then you know everything gets really mixed. Up. <laughs> yeah, my grandma has a ton of fish. When she moved in, she dug a pond, and now she has a ton of fish. And like her biggest ones, like can like that's just the body. Wow. The head's like oh. that big in the tail. Six or it's seven really inches big. long. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And I we get to feed them, which is really fun. Oh, it's so fun to watch them nibble out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it looks like that made that that got a question in in P's mind before we end. Go ahead, hon. Um, this isn't a question, but it feels like you're your own zoo because it's just like a bunch of goats and hens and stuff. It's adorable. Yeah, can we take a field trip to your house? That'd be fun. Sure, that would be so fun. You can camp. You know, we, we sleep in a tent on our land, uh, all of us. And so when people want to come visit, we say, just bring a tent, come pitch a tent and stay on the land. That sounds so fun. Well, so yeah. I was just going to say thank you. We, we want to thank you thank for you. bringing stories into the world and spending time with us and sharing those stories as well. We're grateful that now you're a part of our story. Thank you for that, Jenny Sue. 
Thank you so much. I, it's been really fun. <laughs> I'm going to end with you the way that I end all of our podcast episodes, which is by asking you that tomorrow I will see a library full of children. Is there a message that I can bring to them from you? Sure. I thought about this. And, um, you know, in the book, Papa says, and this is very much like my own dad, um, he says, if you keep your eyes and your heart wide open, new friends await you wherever you go. And when I think about my life and what makes my life so amazing and so rich and beautiful, it's, it's all the people that I've met, all the um, the friends I've made, the pen pals I have, uh, the the people that I've met in other countries that I've just met for a few minutes. And um, so I just, the more these people um, just make our lives so beautiful. And I was thinking, about all of you today and and you know a lot of those friends you can make through characters and books too right and through their authors so it's not only through traveling the world and it's not only through going in your own communities but it's also these these books and those characters you'll care about they'll fall you'll they'll become part of your family and your your friends and you'll carry them with you your whole life and they'll inspire you in ways you have no idea. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by me, Matthew Winner, in my library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 600 episodes at matthewcwinner.com. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the free music archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and don't reflect the ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Become a patron, and you can directly impact and help to sustain the podcast. Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that is a very good thing indeed. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cosy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.